Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America, a man who is not in denial uh, about his poll numbers. That's me, Jimmy Fallon, but I will tell you who is the president of the United States getting crushed in swing states right now, but he tells our Peter Ducey he's actually winning. That is a lie. Is it ever? We're going to get into it on a busy Friday. Ted Cruz is going to be here from the great state of Texas. John Rich joins us from Nashville, where I am headed next week for the Patriot Awards. I'll be down in Nashville at the Grand Old Opry next Thursday night telling jokes. But right now, I am here on the radio with you for the next three hours, girlfriend. 888-788- Nine nine one zero. If you want a piece of the action, and it's a show, it is an action. It is an event that has no ideological barrier for entry. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Uh, on this show, you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, you can be a Libertarian, you can be an Independent, you can be a member of the Whig Party. Like we, I really like it. Just it doesn't matter, man. At this, look at the state the world is in. Look at the chaos we have in this country right now. The, what we really need more than anything is for everyone to stop being. If you could just do that, okay, we just get a, a couple less in the world, we'd have a shot in this country. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Boom. Happy Friday. Uh, I am in the middle of uh, what I think a lot of truckers would recognize as a West Coast turnaround. Uh, If you're familiar with the term, if you're not familiar with the term, it was first explained to me by the late, great folk singer Jim Croce. Uh, who talked about Speedball Tucker, uh, an old trucker. He had a song about a guy who would drive, you know, his rig all the way out to California. And when they dropped it off, rather than getting some rest, they would actually just turn around and start heading back east to put a dent into the drive. They're crazy. Well, they're probably hopped up on amphetamines and they're on a mission. But the point is, when I heard that term, uh, it always carried over into my life as a cab driver because, as you know, you drive a cab 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. And on Thursday nights, I would always have stand-up comedy after my taxi shift. So I'd wind up being out, you know, in the comedy club till one or two in the morning, at which point I'd have to go get my cab again. That can't be good. But it would always be called like a West Coast turnaround. I would always, you know, embody that sentiment as I slept at red lights (laughs) for the next 12 hours of my shift and uh, did what I could to keep the car on the road, which I did do most of the time. It's a long season. Nobody goes undefeated. But right now, uh, as we embark on this Friday journey, I am very much in the middle of a showbiz West Coast turnaround yesterday. Uh, You did not hear me on the radio as a host. You heard me as a guest because we were editing my stand-up comedy special, putting the finishing touches on a literary project you're all going to hear about soon. Uh, And then afterwards, I came into Fox and did the Sean Hannity show. When the show was over... Uh, Sean decided to have me do an hour of stand-up comedy for his live audience. That's stupid! 
Use your common sense. Stop it. We had a great time. Audience is amazing. A lot of laughs. A lot of Q&A. This is a thing Sean does to me, and it's really funny. And his audience knows this. I said it to them last night. When Sean brings you in for a live taping, the crowd's there. They're going bananas. And, you know, he introduces you. Uh, It's a commercial break. So you guys are just talking in the studio, throwing footballs and stuff. And he'll go, how would the audience, how would you guys like to hear Jimmy do some stand-up comedy when the set's over? And, you know, people cheer. They want to be polite. And I don't doubt some of them want to hear it, too. But it dawned on me, like, Sean is the guy that invites you over to watch football and then you find out you're actually there to help him move furniture that's just how white folks will do you straight up he's like yeah jimmy why don't you come by and talk about some cable news by the way grab the other end of this couch and that's how it goes down so his show ended last night uh i did like an hour of stand-up hung around took some selfies did all the fun stuff and then had fox and friends first um four hours after i left hannity uh, excuse me, five hours. So I went home for two hours, turned around, came back and did Fox and Friends first. And now I've just kind of powered through the morning and I'm here with you. But the point is, I am very much on a West Coast turnaround of a broadcast day. And I feel like it's apropos, if only on the smallest scale, uh, because in no way does it parallel what our troops go through in terms of fighting through adversity to protect our freedoms. But it being OK. Veterans Day tomorrow, it being the 248th birthday of the United States Marine Corps today, the least we could all do is bust our asses a little bit, knowing how much busting those guys have done for us. So if you are listening as a veteran of this great country, as the family member of a veteran of this great country, this buds for you. For real, for real. Uh, I grew up in Levittown, New York, biggest post-World War II settlement for American GIs returning home from the war. Uh, That's what I grew up around, people who absolutely positively loved this country and were in on the joke of how lucky we were. Freedom! Everybody got it. Uh, They drank a lot of cheap beer, swam in a lot of above-ground pools, and I was in one of those suburbs, you know, the old you played till the streetlights came on, that sort of thing. And that's kind of what we did. We just walked out of the house in the morning. Our parents didn't, didn't geotag us on cell phones with an app that monitored our progress within three feet of where we were at every hour of the day like we were, a, you know. A federal uh, offender out on bail uh, like you were Senator John Menendez from New Jersey (laughs) out on a corruption bail. Uh, No, we would just get on our bicycles and just drive and go gosh knows where and get home in time for dinner to tell our parents about the magical things we encountered on our journeys. It was basically like Marco Polo if he was wearing a Ghostbusters 2 T-shirt. Okay, that was pretty much my childhood. So as I grew up in this environment, where everybody did appreciate the freedom, where everybody did kind of pull for the same team, okay? It's very much what influenced my worldview when you see me on TV and you hear me on the radio. I am a guy who gets it, okay? We live in this country in the world's 1%. You know, Bernie Sanders, when he's out lecturing about the evils of capitalism while simultaneously making a lot of money, you know, capitalism. That's true. That is true. (laughs) That's exactly what he's doing. Bernie Sanders might be the biggest capitalist who ever lived, but he's managed to make tens of millions of dollars by convincing people capitalism is evil. Pay up, suckers. Okay, but the point is, We grew up in an America, my generation did, and I know a lot of yours did, where everybody realized we were the 1%. It wasn't about how much money you made. It was about how much freedom you had. It's about how much opportunity you get out of bed to every day by virtue of the fact that you live in this country. I hear use the phrase all the time. It's called American 
privilege. Okay, if you live in this country, you have American privilege. Whether you're black, white, Asian, Latino, Pokemon, Pikachu, Mario, Luigi, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Zier Pac-Man, Them Pac-Man, whatever you identify as. I don't care. I'm not judging you. The point is there's no more tolerant or inclusive place in the world to be you than right here in the United States. He knows what he's talking about. Which is why on Veterans Day, on the birthday of the Marine Corps, uh, it is a day of reverence for somebody like me who's in on the joke because I realized we wouldn't have any of these freedoms. We wouldn't have any of this spectacular prosperity or potential anyway for upward mobility in our lives were it not for the brave men and women who put on a uniform. So this day, this weekend, it means a lot to me. Like I will be at the Stanley Theater tomorrow night in Utica, and one of the things we did for the event is we allowed people, in addition to buying tickets for themselves, to donate tickets to veterans. So there will be a lot of veterans in the audience tomorrow on us. Okay, we're giving them free seats. It's Veterans Day. It's Veterans Day weekend. What are we going to do? Tell them they got to pay us to get in and hear some of my dirty jokes? Stop it. Okay, so the point is, as we get underway today, uh, every one of these people, they do deserve, uh, you know, your consideration, your mindfulness, your appreciation, because we don't have this country without them. Bingo. Bottom line. And I will tell you this, man. Okay, the reason the world has enjoyed, up until recently, a run of relative stability. Okay, there's always been fights. There's always been, you know, tribal fights and, you know, border battles and things of that nature, regional conflicts on the other side of the world for all of eternity. But the reason we've enjoyed a larger level of overall stability is because at the end of the day, our armed forces are the team nobody wants to play. Okay, the term you hear a lot is peace through strength. Do you remember when you were getting rowdy as a kid and one of your parents just went, hey, knock it off. And you guys just looked at each other like this could be a problem. And you immediately dropped the conflict. Didn't matter who was right or who was wrong or who got tagged out at running bases or hide and seek and said they didn't get tagged. You missed the tag. Now you're fighting and pulling each other's hair and shoving back. Hey. Knock it off. And you guys, whoa, all right, we're done. Okay, that's what America has always been for the world. Okay, hey, knock it off. People wind up behaving. What's happening now, okay, is we've got a guy in office who just yells don't, and they're all like, shut up, old man. Biden sucks. When you look at Biden's poll numbers, and this is so fascinating, okay, because Biden was confronted by Peter Ducey yesterday. A guy pound for pound with the best hair in cable news, but you can't give him the win because Peter Ducey is mostly inside the White House in a dome. You know what I mean? He's in a dome stadium. He's free of the elements. Bill Malusian's down at the border, rain or shine, hell or high water, hail, sleet, whatever's happening. Malusian's going to be there with fine hair. You have to give Malusian a bonus point for battling the elements. I think he's got a point. No, for real, you do. But that being said, Peter Ducey, who I love, Okay, asked Biden yesterday about all these poll numbers that have made headlines this week. You know, there was a New York Times-Siena College poll that showed Trump winning in five out of the six swing states, showed Nikki Haley winning in all six of the swing states beyond the margin of error, meaning Biden was absolutely getting his ass handed to him. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. But according to Biden, that's not true. He was asked about this reality yesterday from Peter Ducey. Here is his answer. I got to be honest, sounds a bit like denial. Clip one. Why do you think it is that people should be more concerned about abortion access than your age? I don't think it's a comparable comparison. 
Why do you think it is that you're trailing Trump in all these swing state polls? Because you don't read the polls out from Gibbs. in 10 polls. Eight of them, I'm beating him in those states. Eight of them. You guys only do two. CNN and New York Times. Check it out. Check it out. We'll get you a copy of all those other polls. Okay? You don't believe you're trailing in battleground states? No, I don't. That is a fact check false. So let me give it to you, because Biden said... I'm winning in all these polls. You guys only read those two polls. If you look at the other ones, I'm winning. So Biden said the New York Times, okay, Siena College poll, which is the one Ducey was referring to, is the only one he's losing. However, if you take a look at the CBS News poll that came out last week, Trump is beating Biden in a hypothetical matchup by three. And if you look ahead to six new Emerson College polling surveys, they find Biden trailing Trump in Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Wisconsin. The only state Biden is comfortably ahead in right now is the state of dementia. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, now, I don't doubt politically, okay, they see value in just claiming the polls aren't real. This isn't a thing. Get out of here, Fox News guy. But that's been their strategy on pretty much every issue facing our country. No, there's not a border problem. It's no crisis. It's a Republican manufactured talking point, they said, as 8 million people made it into the country. You have no idea how to defend a nation. We're talking about legitimately nearly 2 million known gotaways. Forget the people we know that came in and all got let in, by the way. We don't deport anybody. But the known gotaways, okay, you're talking about literally 1.7 million in the past two years alone that got into the country. We have no idea where they are. We do know we've encountered hundreds of people from the terror watch list. But in this instance, we don't know who any of these people are or what list they might belong on, which, again, is a dereliction of duty when it comes to protecting the country. Okay, it's the same thing they tried to tell you about inflation. They're like, well, no, inflation It's transitory. It's going to go away. Democrats are so full of crap. Okay, core price index still up 17% right now. Okay, they like to tell you they lowered the price of gas, but what they don't like to tell you is that it's still $2 higher than it was when they took office. So there's a lot of denial, and what that denial actually shows is an indifference to the suffering that they've caused. Okay, and as you sit here, okay, on Veterans Day, in a country where people, so many have sacrificed so much to give us the prosperity, to give us the potential we enjoy. I mean, think about it. I'm sitting here as a former New York City cab driver hosting a nationally syndicated talk show millions of people listen to. Okay, that wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the country we're living in. Okay, and the truth is I know we all sit here and respect the country and respect our freedoms and appreciate the sacrifice of the troops and their families. It would just be nice if we had a president who actually felt the same way. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America Last. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. 
okay? You can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Heading up to Utica this weekend, we'll be at the Stanley Theater. And then next week, I'm at the Grand Old Opry in Nashville for the Patriot Awards. And then we'll be down in Naples, Florida at the Off the Hook Comedy Club. Friday night, November 17th, Saturday night, the 18th. Uh, one of the December dates we're doing is down in Tyler, Texas with the KTBB crew. We'll be at Texas Music City Smokehouse and Grill. And joining me now is a man who claims he's going to be there. Jerry is on the line in Tyler. Jerry. Good morning, Jimmy. My man. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Now, Mikey says you're going to the get. You going to Texas Music City? Yes, sir. I wish your people had got with my pit people because I'm actually performing later that night at Texas Music City Grill in Lindell. Oh, get out of here! I did not. I, yeah. didn't, I did not know that was an option. Um, well, it's I w- actually a bigger place. Oh, get out! Well, here's the deal. I'm I'm in town for real, just to say hi, because for my brother Mike's fiftieth birthday, he's a big Cowboys fan, and we're taking him to watch the Cowboys lose to the Eagles the next night. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You don't know. You never know. Yeah, we'll see. It is the regular season. They do. They are known to win these things in the regular season. But now, anyway, uh, if I'm still down in that hood, I'd love to see you guys play. All right, but I want to come shake the hand of my new. Uh, blue-collared Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> I'll take it, man. That's amazing. Uh, you're going to meet the whole barnyard jamboree. Like, we're psyched. I, I like East Texas energy, but I, I say this a lot, man. You guys don't know the difference between hospitality and a hazing ritual. Okay, everyone in East Texas, nobody gives you one spare rib, but they'll give you 200 spare ribs. You know what I'm saying? Nobody yeah, buys you one beer, but they'll buy you 100. I mean, I like it, but it's getting dangerous. Uh. You only live once. <laughs> well, well looking that, forward to seeing you, Jimmy. My man. I can't wait to see you, Jerry. Let's do it. Tyler, here we come. Have a great weekend, brother. There he goes. Jerry says, just eat. That's what Jerry said. Jerry said you only live once. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. That's what they keep telling me at Wardrobe. I actually saw Manny from Wardrobe today in the elevator bank after Fox and Friends first. I was like, hey, Manny. And he was like, you're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. They're rough on me here, uh, but it's still a great place to be, uh, especially on a Friday where we're going to get into some. This is how about it uh, in the next break. I don't know if you heard this story, but a West Virginia senator by the name of Joe Manchin just announced he's not running for reelection. 
mainly because he has no chance of winning. Correct, Mundo. But also because the hot rumor is he is also going to launch a bid as an independent. Come on, man. Okay, there's a real good reason why they're all doing it. Jill Stein just announced that she's getting back into this mess. You've already got Cornell West and RFK Jr. out there. Okay, but there's a reason a guy like Manchin's going to join the party to boot, and I will give you that reason. We will pull out the politics to English dictionary, and I'll open it up and read it to you next on Fox Across America. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows, and they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica, and I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. I got to tell you, the Bidenica not exactly flying off shelves. But if you want to know why everybody is flying into this Democratic primary race, Dean Phillips, of course, the congressman from Minnesota, RFK now running as an independent because the party gave him the cold shoulder, Marianne Williamson, that moon bat, Cornell West is out there, and now the hot rumor is that Joe Manchin is about to dive into this bad boy. Okay, I think David Chalian over at CNN laid out the reason why uh, in the most concise manner available to you right now on this broadcast. So here it is, clip 11. The country has soured on Joe Biden. There's just not another way to put it. According to our latest CNN poll conducted by SSRS, a national poll that uh, gives us this snapshot in time. Biden's approval rating is 39% in our poll, 61% disapprove of the job he's doing. Look at it by party. You see that even among his fellow Democrats, he's only at 77% approval in this poll. Only a third of independents approve of the job he's doing. I mean, long story short. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. Okay, 39 up, 61 down. And again, a lot of people make the joke to like, you know, 
What's up with the 39% who think he's doing a good job? If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. For real, though. I don't know where the, I don't know what, I mean, the 39% might be cartel members or somebody exploiting the southern border. But yeah, Biden is the worst president of our lifetimes. But the the worst. You can't, you know, it's not a political statement. I'm I'm just an American, dude. I'm just a good old-fashioned talk show host. I ain't here to get you to vote Republican. They're not doing a lot to earn your votes these days. <laughs> they got their asses handed to them in the midterms. I mean, man, what a mess. Okay, and of course, you know, this most recent election, not exactly a show pony either for the Republican Party. <laughs> yeah, thing was stuck in the barn all night, unfortunately. But here's the deal. Okay, Biden took over. At the tail end, or you could say the middle of the pandemic, that's fine. I mean, part of the sale of him taking over is we needed a steady hand at the till when it came to COVID. Wrong. Okay, you can't tell me he was a steady hand at the till because he went from bashing the vaccine to recommending it but swearing he wouldn't mandate it to ultimately mandating the vaccine. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? You've all heard this clip because I've played it a million times, but let's start here, okay? Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. So that's Biden saying, who the hell's going to take this thing? That was campaign Biden. Then, of course, he was sworn in and president in January of 2021. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. OK. And here he is in 2021. All right. Now we've got a vaccine, but still saying he's not going to mandate it. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. But- Whoa, you don't say. But does that sound like a steady hand at the till? <laughs> Went from bashing it to saying he wouldn't mandate it to saying you got to get it because you can't get infected if you're vaccinated. <laughs> but here he is, Biden, that little beady eyed fame whore, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Remember him? Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Here it is. The CDC is saying they have concluded that fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. As a nation, <laughs> I, I'm, I feel fairly certain you're not going to see the kind of surges mm-hmm. we've seen in the past. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in an ICU unit. <laughs> you're not going to die. You're okay. You're not. Whoa. Gonna, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Do you hear that last one? If you're vaccinated, you're not going to get sick. You're not going to wind up in the ICU. You're not going to die. <laughs> vaccinated people got COVID, spread COVID, and sadly, tens of thousands of them died of COVID. Okay. Is that an actual vaccine? The answer would be no. When was the last time we had 10 million breakthrough polio cases? You understand? It, was, it just didn't work. It was a therapeutic. But they marketed it as a vaccine. Okay, if, maybe it does lessen your symptoms, but that's not a vaccine. That's a Tylenol. But you understand they fired people from their jobs under the guise of a federal mandate 
They said you owed it to the greater good of society to go out and get a vaccine. But the point I'm trying to make is this started with Biden saying, who the hell would take a vaccine? To then saying, take that vaccine that I clearly stated was not likely to go through any of the proper clinical trials. And he's now mandating it or you'll be fired from your job. Guys, all I'm trying to say to you is that's not a steady hand at the till on COVID. They have undermined faith in public health initiatives, okay, on a generational level. Like if the government got out of bed tomorrow and was like, everybody's got to do this, okay, guess what everybody's not doing? What they said. Okay, they're not listening to them. Okay, at this point, more Americans trust Dr. Dre than Dr. Fauci when it comes to their health. They wouldn't listen. But that's been the problem with Biden as a president. He is a historically bad president. Okay, he inherited an America coming out of a pandemic. And what did they do? They used the pandemic as a Trojan horse to justify more spending under the guise of COVID, none of which had anything to do with COVID. What a fraud. No, this COVID's bad. So... You know what we got to do, right? You know, more money to the teachers union or, you know, all the dumb, more money on climate change. That's what we got. to. That is financial lunacy. But that's what they were doing. And you got to understand, OK, at a time when the economy was poised to reopen and come roaring back, he went out and gave enhanced unemployment benefits that paid people more money to stay home than it did to go to work. Ergo, mom and pops couldn't hire and he crushed businesses, compounding it with a vaccine mandate. That made it harder for people who didn't want to get vaccinated to go shopping. Black Americans didn't take the vaccine. They're the largest percentage far and away of unvaccinated Americans. And I guess you might say good for them. I don't know. I don't I still you can't tell me what the benefit is if you've got hundreds of thousands of vaccinated people who died. And again, I'm not being anti-science. I'm just anti bull. Okay, they told us we couldn't get COVID. Here's the head of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. You are so full of sh- Now, the only data they had on the vaccine is that it was making big pharma and their allies A lot of cash. Money, 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 money. She didn't even possess the data she was referencing. But again, think about how that undermines faith in public health initiatives. That's the head of the CDC. So now the data shows vaccinated people don't get COVID, don't get sick from COVID, don't wind up in the hospital. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Okay. They missed on all three fronts. Okay. But understand, as a president, Biden comes in, makes the pandemic worse. The guy who said he was going to unite the country starts to tell you it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Well, you know what the problem is? It's the people who don't want to take this vaccine that I said was garbage on the campaign trail. That's the problem. Does that sound like a guy who's trying to bring the country together? I mean, the answer would be no. No, not even a little. Okay, but then the bureaucratic boot of enhanced unemployment benefits and vaccine mandates crushed small businesses, weighed down the economy. And then they went to work doing what? spending huge money on the inflation they caused, except the money they were spending had nothing to do with inflation. They passed a bill called the Inflation Reduction Act that was the biggest climate bill in the history of our country. This is politics as usual. But it's a scam, you understand. They took a popular cause, inflation reduction, something they caused, by creating a 
situation where there were too many dollars chasing after too few goods. That's where we were in a post-pandemic world. Flooded the economy with stimulus cash. There was a supply chain logjam. There was a difficulty in hiring and stocking shelves. And the money vastly outstripped the supplies. They drove up the price. Along the way, they declared war on our domestic energy production, killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline, and 10,000 American jobs at the altar of environmental virtue signaling, at which point they outsourced our energy production in the name of protecting the environment to countries that burn fuel Far filthier than we do. We're 42% cleaner than any other country we import fuel from based on the amount of regulations and innovation we've seen in our energy production sectors. Okay, we're 42% cleaner. So when we go out under this Biden directive and import fuel from Venezuela, do you understand we're creating more pollution because they're creating it instead of us, less American jobs, and oh, by the way, We now have to use additional fuel just to get it back into our country. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Okay, but you understand it pays well. Climate change. Okay, if climate change had a motto, it's please give us money. That's all it is. So you understand. Okay, guy decimates the economy, decimates the energy sector, which, oh, by the way, makes Vladimir Putin filthy rich because his fuel's worth that much more. What do you think's financing his invasion of Ukraine? Oh, by the way, he takes the oil sanctions off of Iran. They were sitting on $4 billion in oil reserves when Biden took office. Do you know what they're sitting on now under Biden? Over $70 million in Iran. Well, we're moving on up. They're killing it over there. Are you, oh, my goodness gracious. Every one of those terrorist guys in Iran taking their girlfriend out on an extra date this weekend. But, you know, this is what Biden's policies did. And along the way, we opened up the southern border. Okay, Trump had cut illegal border crossings by 80 percent. Okay, Biden has presided over the highest number of illegal border crossings in the history of the country which results in a massive humanitarian crisis, floods our cities, our sanctuary cities. Remember the ones that were like, no human being is illegal. They said that under Trump because the border was secure. Now sanctuary cities are being asked to be sanctuary cities. Take in these migrants. And what do they all say? Get them out of here. Get them out. But there wouldn't be any migrants to take in if Biden was actually securing the border. But he's not. So you understand when you look at Biden as a president, He is the most consequentially bad president in the history of the country. Okay, what the Democrats tell you are deliverables. They're like, well, the climate, look at the progress they're making on the climate. Shut up. Will you shut up? Okay, here's a newsflash, man. I mean this, okay? We can't control the weather. We cannot control the weather. Okay, back in the day, if someone came to you and was like, no, no, I can control the weather, you put them in a home. That's what you did. You put them in a home. Or if you're on the subway, you gave them a dollar, you know. But nowadays, okay, we're giving them trillions of dollars, okay, and we're putting them into office. And they're telling us with a straight face they can control the weather. I promise you we can't control it. It's just not how it works, man. Okay, no one can control the weather. If we control the weather, we'd be controlling the weather. be 75 and sunny out every day, and we'd be surrounded by chicks in bikinis all the time. Hubba, hubba. Well, in this day and age, you'd probably be surrounded by dudes in bikinis. But the point is, okay, bikinis bikini weather everywhere you go. Okay, we don't have it because we can't control the weather. 
Okay, this idea that we're going to spend trillions of dollars, decimate our own domestic energy production while empowering dictators around the world to wage wars that we wind up financing both sides of. Okay, who do you think is subsidizing Putin's battle against Ukraine? We're paying for Ukraine, and we made Putin filthy rich with our own uh, energy policy. Okay, what do you think is going on in Israel right now? The billions of dollars we gave Iran is what they use to subsidize proxy attacks on Israel. And what are we doing in the process? Sending Israel $14 billion to help them fight back. Okay, our money is subsidizing both sides of every conflict we support, the good and the bad. Does that sound like a sound presidency? The answer would be no. Yeah. We were told the adults were back in the room. Remember when Biden won election? No, if you heard the inaugural address, the adults are in the room. Remember the media said that? Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It, it seems as though we have a, uh, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the, the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, there is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, it hurts. But I play it to laugh because that's what we were told. But it was a game. It was a game being played by the media. They just wanted Biden to win because they hated Trump. And that's fine. You don't have to like Trump. That's not the point. But if you truly care about the country, you can't be out there stumping for this guy who has no idea what he's doing. Do you understand? Like, we were talking about this on Hannity last night. If you've seen the video where Biden can't put on the T-shirt at the union rally, I told Hannity, I said, you know, he doesn't know how to put on a T-shirt. He's not used to sticking his head through the T-shirt hole because he spent the last three years with his head up his ass. Tell him like it is. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be joined by country music superstar John Rich in the next hour. Ted Cruz also coming by to talk about his new book, The Texas Senator. Of course, a major Houston Astros fan. We all know how that went. It was the East Texans, the KTBB listeners, who get to hoist that trophy for the first time as a franchise. The Texas Rangers took home a world championship. And that was phenomenal to watch as a baseball fan, I will say. But in the next hour, we're not playing baseball. We're playing good old-fashioned tackle football in the Republican Party. we got to react to the debate because I was off yesterday, and we've got some new developments in this, I don't know what you'd call it, a political rom-com between Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy. Would those two just get a room already? My goodness. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom, there it is. And we are back in action for a big hour of Fox Across America, your source 
for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Do we ever? We're going to discuss some of them with John Rich, country music superstar, joins us in this hour. Texas Senator Ted Cruz coming by as well. And of course, we will get into your calls, texts, tweets, carrier pigeons. Whatever you do, okay? You want to spray paint something on an overpass, we'll notice it when we're driving by. We'll report on that, too. 888-788-9910. You got to write it in John Deere green, though, if you're going to write on the overpass. You're going to write it on the water tower. That's a shout-out to the late, great Joe Diffie for the country fans in the audience. But whatever you're a fan of, uh, we are a fan of you. All are welcome. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. Just don't be a... That's all we ever ask, man. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward, pretty reasonable show. You don't yell and scream at you all day and like, buy my book. You know, no, just, you know, just your radio buddy, man. Just a dude you ride along with in the car or listen to in the cubicle. Or, you know, if you're a big fan, you're probably listening in a meth lab right now. Uh, but the point is, uh, I am here to share some opinions. You can share yours as well. And uh, the only thing we ever say, the only thing that would ever get you eliminated from a show like this. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. And to be clear, like the country's a disaster right now. Okay, because the people running it have no idea what they're doing. Okay, but on the whole, we are the spoiled, filthy, rich kids who don't realize how good it is in our house. Okay, and it drives me crazy on a day like Veterans Day where so many people sacrificed so much to make us, you know, the team nobody wants to play. That's who we are, okay, but we're not being run properly. Okay, America's going through its early Shaq-Kobe phase. Okay, when Shaq and Kobe first got together on the Lakers, this is before they started winning championship after championship after championship and then breaking up uh, and going their separate ways and winning individual championships on their own. Uh, The point is the Lakers had all the talent in the world. Kurt Rambis was the coach, no disrespect, but they didn't win under Kurt Rambis. Phil Jackson showed up, uh, brought the triangle offense along with him. And lo and behold, they figured it out. They came of age and they won a bunch of titles. Okay, we have that capability in our locker room. The problem is we have people coaching the locker room that none of our opponents take seriously. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to. So the battle to replace Biden has gotten really intense. And it's gotten really, really intense on the Republican side, too. Okay, we talked earlier about every Democrat getting in. Dean Phillips from Minnesota is in. Sounds like Joe Manchin, who's not running for re-election in West Virginia, mainly because he has no chance of winning. West Virginia leans overwhelmingly to the right. Manchin hasn't done a great job of representing his people. Uh, But he's talking about getting in as an independent. You've already got RFK Jr. in there. Okay, now we were told today that Jill Stein is going to run to go with Marianne Williamson. Uh, which between the two of them, they could, I mean, you're talking about 18, 19 votes. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> you know, they tell you every vote counts. Yes, Jill Stein and Marianne Williamson count to the number 19, uh, maybe 20 votes if they're lucky. But the point is they're all trying to get in because nobody thinks Biden's going to remain on the ticket. Gavin Newsom is obviously out there running a shadow campaign meeting with Xi Jinping in China, going over to Israel, very much trying to establish himself as a figure on the world stage at a time when his home state now has a negative approval rating of Gavin Newsom. He's at 49 percent in California, mainly, okay, because everyone is either fleeing or going number two on the sidewalks. 
But one of the reasons the Republicans are as heated as they are is, you know, a lot of them think they got a shot to be president right now based on the present math that we're looking at. Wrong. Yeah, you wouldn't think they'd get the nomination over Trump. But I've told you this before, and no one says it, okay? You're starting to hear a little more of it. Every one of these Republicans hope Trump goes to jail. Every single one of them. Because absent Trump going to jail, like physically in jail, at a point where the public goes, all right, yeah, maybe he's wronged, maybe there's both sides to the story, but the fact remains he's in jail. I'm just telling you because I care, okay? A major political party is not going to nominate a man who is behind bars. It's not going to happen. And any other host that's not leveling with you is doing our country a disservice, okay? I didn't say he's going to wind up behind bars. I just said that's the reality. If he does, suddenly all of these people that keep showing up to the debate stage have a chance. And that's what they'll say. They'll be like, it's not right. It's a weaponized justice system. So vote for me (laughs) and I'll fix this. Believe me, if Trump goes to jail, they're not going to be saying it's not right. So vote for Trump and let's get him out. They're going to be saying vote for me and I'll help get him out because that's what I want to do. Come on. Don't bullshit. No, they just want to be present. Okay, and it's gotten very contentious. If you heard the back and forths between Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy, I think outside of Trump, Nikki Haley is the only person who has a shot right now at the nomination. It doesn't mean she's going to get one again. That's not me just you know giving you a, a directive here. But I would tell you that the reason it's gotten as contentious as it has between Vivek and Nikki Haley okay, is because she has, over the course of three debates— demonstrated a thorough grasp of the issues that she articulates in a reasonable manner that a lot of people find reassuring, maybe even comforting. And to be honest, I don't doubt a lot of people like the storyline of there being a female president and a female president that we're electing because she's qualified instead of electing one just because we never have. Okay, believe me. Okay, Americans are ready to vote for a female president. They just need a female president who knows what she's doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Which is why she didn't get more than 1% in the polls. They weren't misogynists. I mean, the Democratic Party had Kamala at 1% when she was running for president, and she dropped out. 1%. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) Ha-ha! But you can't say they're a bunch of misogynists. They just thought she sucked. Okay, again, they nominated Hillary Clinton as their nominee. Okay, and I'm sure she'd love to get nominated again. She's got all kinds of energy to do media these days. I don't feel no ways tired. Okay, but the reality is, okay, Americans aren't misogynist. Women are all over our government. All over. In fact, men are now making tens of millions of dollars by pretending to be women. I think he's got a point. Seriously, if America's misogynist, how come Dylan Mulvaney was worth nothing as a man but $10 million as a woman? A lot of ridiculousness in our life right now. But the point is, people have a real good storyline going with Nikki Haley, and it revolves around competence. Okay, DeSantis has done a terrible job of being a candidate, straight up. Although it would be funny if he won to see the White House band play a song called Heel to the Chief. He's wearing those big lift shoes of his. Okay, but Trump right now, going away, is going to win this thing uh, if we vote tomorrow. Now, if he goes to jail, I promise you that really will change the math. Okay, I don't know that he's going to, but that's why they're all still in the race. They're all in the race. Some of them, you know, 
uh, because they're boosting their profile and things of that nature. But at its core, the only reason any of them thinks they have a chance of winning, the only scenario where any of them thinks they have a chance of winning, is if Trump winds up going to jail. So in the meantime, they're just hanging out on the side stage hating each other, as Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley have continued to do. Here's Vivek trying to call her Dick Cheney in three-inch heels. It's clip 16. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the U.N., bankrupt or in debt is, was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first? Or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which case, we've got two of them on stage tonight. Thank you. Governor Haley, would you please answer that? Yes, I'd first like to say they're five-inch heels, and I don't Ooh. wear them unless you can run in them. Um, the second thing that I will say is I wear heels. They're not for a fashion statement. They're for ammunition. Whoa. Shut up, fool. That's what she's saying to Vivek. Now, listen, Vivek makes a lot of good points if you're a Republican, and he makes a lot of good points if you're a Democrat because he's been both at various points in the past year. I think he's got a point. Okay, he's all over the map. I Nothing against the guy. He's been on the show. I actually enjoyed talking to him. Uh, he definitely has, like, a little bit of a slimy vibe. And, yes, it is true that his poll numbers have gone down as people have gotten to know him. And it's not because he's making points that we don't agree with. He is making a lot of sensible points. But he's essentially running to be president of Twitter. And Twitter is not the real world. It's not reflective of appetites in the real world. I promise the real world mainstream society is not going to the polls based on what cat turd does. Okay, or one of these other right-wing influencers. What the hell did you just say? I, I'm, no disrespect to these people. I'm just telling you, you're not winning the culture war on Twitter. Okay, you feel like you are, but it's not reflective of the real world. If Twitter was the real world, the Republicans would have won every single seat in the midterm elections. Twitter had the Republicans winning every district in every ballot. <laughs> Didn't even come close. But if you only read Twitter, you're like, wow, red wave, more like a red tsunami. That's what we were told. Not even close. It wound up being a damp rag. <laughs> you know, when you squeeze a rag till you get a droplet of water out of it, that was the red wave. OK, but Twitter had the world convinced, ah, forget about it. Why even having these elections? They're finished. Republicans are going to win everything. That was the mindset going in, except it didn't actually happen. Okay, but understand, Vivek running to be president of Twitter, like DeSantis did, was a fool's errand. DeSantis launched his campaign on Twitter because he wanted to be hip and accessible. And look, I'm using the alternative media. I'm going direct the consumer. There was only one small problem. Okay, the platform didn't work. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. One of the stupidest things I've ever witnessed. The guy who comes into the race with the most money, with the most hype, with the best state, with a supermajority, a guy who has been, by all accounts, a phenomenal governor, gets into the race on an untrusted tech platform because him and the consultants decided that would be cool. That's stupid. Use your common sense. So you understand Haley has emerged. Uh, I'm not saying the Trump people want to vote for it. I'm not saying the DeSantis people like her, but I'm saying Haley has emerged with people who vote in these elections that don't confine themselves to Twitter. 
okay? And I'm not saying she doesn't have support on Twitter either. But the real world, the general election, where this thing is won and lost, okay, Republicans are at a major deficit with women. They're at a major deficit with independents, okay? Nikki Haley closes those gaps. The determining factor in the midterms and, of course, in the most recent elections was the issue of abortion. She's the only Republican out there who happens to be articulating a palatable argument that women and independents and center-left Democrats could get behind. So you understand she is uniquely qualified to win this thing. doesn't mean she's going to. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you if the goal is to win the election, she's absolutely head and shoulders the best candidate we have. If the goal is to just get revenge for 2020, then of course you're going to vote Trump. Okay, and, you know, that's fine, too. It's not to say Trump wouldn't be better than Biden. Anybody would be better than Biden. Barron Trump would be better than Biden. Okay, that's not the argument here. Okay, but when it comes back to Vivek and going for the vicious sound bites and calling Zelensky names and trashing the moderators, I'm sure you like that. Okay, but Vivek is wrong when he says the Republican Party is dumb for being on NBC. Okay, he's wrong. Okay, and everybody who's a talk show host, there's plenty of reasons to criticize Ronan McDaniel. For real, plenty of reasons. Okay, and they have spectacularly underachieved under her watch in these elections. But putting a debate on NBC, a network that leans predominantly left, is actually a smart thing because it's giving you a chance to showcase your ideas to people who don't otherwise hear a fair representation of your ideas. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. They go, oh, you know, these are hostile NBC people. I got to be honest. A lot of the questions were hostile. But if you have good answers and you have good policies, this is your opportunity to make your case to people who normally only hear your views distilled through biased liberal anchors. So I understand it's like, you know, in a prisoner of the moment Twitter mentality, oh, how dare we let one of our party debates go to a liberal-leaning platform? Of course you want to do that, because that's where the other voters are that we don't currently have. Yes, it's good that we're on Fox. I'm so proud to work here. And I think our moderators are phenomenal. But the reason the Republican Party, okay, ultimately would be better for the country is because from a policy standpoint, they're America first. They're not pretend climate change, we can control the weather first. They're not pretend subsidize Ukraine and don't ask where any of the money's going or that makes you a Russian puppet of Vladimir Putin first. Okay, they're not open the border and let the, you know, let the cartels exploit it, create a humanitarian crisis first. Okay, they are America first. And if you get out there at a time when America is coming in 10th in everything we do, okay, those policies are, in fact, appealing. So if you're looking to win Twitter, yeah, somebody like Vivek is great. But if you're looking to win the White House, you got to put down your smartphone and look out into the real world. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. Boom. There it is. Fox Across America to radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. We got John Rich around the corner. One of the things, one of the things that has people all worked up right now is the abortion issue, as you know. And I will say this, uh, the Nikki Haley position, uh, 
again, I'm not trying to tell you she's going to be the nominee. I mean, right now, I think it's presently constituted she's going to be the vice president if Trump is at the tippy top of the ticket. But one way or the other, this is a winning argument. It's clip 21. I think you have to be honest with the American people. This is a personal issue for every woman and every man. I am unapologetically pro-life, not because the Republican Party tells me to be, but because my husband, Michael, was adopted and I had trouble having both of my children. So I'm surrounded by blessings. Having said that, when you look post-Roe, a wrong was made right. They took it out of the hands of unelected justices, and they put it in the hands of the people. And now we're seeing states vote. And what I'll tell you is, as much as I'm pro-life, I don't judge anyone for being pro-choice, and I don't want them to judge me for being pro-life. So when we're looking at this, there are some states that are going more on the pro-life side. I welcome that. There are some states that are going more on the pro-choice side. I wish that wasn't the case, but the people decided. How about that? The people decided. I admire your honesty. Okay. And again, you can get out there and just say, I'm unabashedly pro-life and how dare you people. But you need their votes is what I'm trying to tell you. And any politician who wants you to believe they can federally ban abortion doesn't have the voter threshold to do that. And they haven't had that majority in over 120 years in Congress. Now, you could say to me, well, it doesn't mean we should stop trying, and that's fine. You're welcome to do that. But in terms of getting the power to do it, it'll never happen. Um, The pro-choice states are going to be pro-choice. What you need to do as a pro-life party that the Republicans are is adopt Nikki's stance. And in the process, try to make it easier for women to choose life and harder to choose death. The Democrats want to make it easier to choose death. Okay, if the Republicans are going to be the pro-life party, you're never going to ban abortion fully because people get to vote on it and they want it, sadly. Okay, but you can make it easier to choose life, and that's what you should step on the gas and start doing. That is correct. of a jam here on Fox Across America, coming to you courtesy of our next guest. The tune is called The Man, and joining us now is a gentleman who assumed someone's pronouns. You're not supposed to do that, but John Rich is here to defend himself. Hey, man. How you doing, Jimmy? Uh, I'm great. Uh, I love this jam, and I love the timing of this jam, obviously, with it being Veterans Day and the Marine Corps' birthday. Uh, so good on you for that. Is this in – I just want to make sure I understand it correctly. This was inspired by who? So I wrote this song about my granddaddy, okay. who I called Papa, Papa Rich. Awesome. And he was, uh, he was a veteran of World War II, U.S. Army. And so the song was, was written about him. However uh, – it really pertains the man is referring to all of them, everybody, everybody in their house has somebody hanging on their wall, a picture of, of, of decades ago of people that fought and and gave sacrifices for our country. I just thought it was a good time to put this song out. You know, the doesn't pull any punches, man. It, 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 you know, it says we all be speaking German or living under the flag of Japan. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for the good Lord and the man. Yep. It's so badass. John Rich is on the line. Uh, No, I love it. It's great. And it's true. I mean, I think 
we probably more in this generation than any generation uh, really do take for granted not just the sacrifices that have been made to give us these freedoms, but the freedoms themselves. You know, I don't know. When you look around the country, obviously there's a lot more good people than bad, and the bad people make the most headlines. Uh, but, you know, when you look around this country, though, I don't know that I've ever felt like we were dealing with a a higher quotient of a-holes. Is that safe to say? Mm. <laughs> I, I would think that's safe to say. I think the problem is it's been so long since our actual freedoms were – we're under attack and potentially going to lose them like we did back in the 40s uh, with the greatest generation. Man, there's just hardly anybody left alive that remembers it. Yeah. And especially our younger people, they, they don't even – they can't recall even grandparents that did it. And so you know, I think a lot of people are under the misnomer that you inherit your freedom. You don't inherit freedom. Freedom is something that can be gone in an instant. Yep. And and this song is, is put out there on purpose to remind us all whose shoulders we stand on, what's at stake today. Listen, Jimmy, we've been standing on their on their shoulders since since the forties all the way to twenty three. Yep. And now look what's going on with the country. We're the next set of shoulders. Jimmy, John, all the rest yep. of us out here listening right now. We gotta step up and do what's gotta be done so we still have an America in another forty, fifty years. And I hate to be bleak about it, but look what's going on. I mean, yeah. this has never happened. I promise you, if you told the, the greatest generation, hey, guys, in 2023, your border will be standing wide open. Chinese balloons will be floating across the U.S. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be the most docile country in the world as the world burns to the ground. They would have said, what the hell happens to America in 2023? Yeah. You know, we've got to wake up and realize where we're at and, and what kind of legacy uh, we got to live up to. Thousand percent. We're talking to John Rich. The song is called "The Man." It's fantastic, and it's also filled with so much necessary perspective in this moment. Uh, let's have this talk. I'm down in Nashville next week for the Patriot Awards. I'm sure you're down there as well. That doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound safe. Uh, it's going to be rowdy. I can promise you that. <laughs> I think it's cool that the Patriot Awards are coming to Music City. Yep. I can't think of a better place to have them. Uh, we'll be. I can tell you, you know, when you get through with the show, mm-hmm. you know where to go, Jimmy. The redneck <laughs> Riviera, right there on Broadway. We'll, we'll have we'll save a seat for you at the bar, big man. It's going to be a good time. Here's my my real issue because I'll show up. You know that. Um, Friday night, I got to do two stand up shows in Naples, Florida. I can't promise that crowd I'm going to be able to speak English <laughs> if I hang out with you Thursday night. Well, the funniest comedians are the hungover comedians. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Do it for the people. Do it for your crowd, Jimmy. They deserve a good hungover Jimmy. No, you're right about that. They, I, I'm, I'm, I'm currently in one of my fat Elvis phases. There's a lot of rhinestones, a lot of carbohydrates. It'd be wrong if I didn't top it off with some Redneck Riviera whiskey, I guess is what you're saying. Um, well, you might as well go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, the other thing I had to ask you, when we get back to business in a second. So Thanksgiving, okay, Jenny Fail, I had to run this by you. Are you cooking your turkey in the egg? Yes, that's how we do it. We we, we inject them mm-hmm. the night before with a bunch of good stuff, and let them sit overnight, and then get that egg to about 225 degrees, and uh-huh. you smoke it. It takes about, eh, it takes a while. Yeah. <laughs> the bigger the turkey, the longer it takes. Yep. But, um 
Yeah, man, you pull it off. It's it's pretty damn good. It's just it's so funny because like of all my radio guests, we have like I have like a to do list when you come on. There's like I have to get a there's a <laughs> recipe. There's like a song. We got a hangover remedy. It's, you're the Swiss <laughs> Army guest. You know, like the Swiss Army knife. You're the Swiss Army guest, John Rich. Uh, well, in our part of the world, we just call those good old boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, in New York, you know, we we just always say, like, I got a guy. You know, I got a guy. Right, you know, the guy, right. he handles whatever the hell he does. But, yes, that, that'd be the good old boy equivalent up here in New York. Uh, you know what we have in New York right now, which is crazy, is there are so many pro-Palestinian protesters. A lot of this is spilling out of the local colleges. Are you seeing a lot of that down there by you? Or is that maybe another reason to go to the Patriot Awards next week? Uh, I actually saw one last week about mm-hmm. a half a mile from where I live out on the main road. Oh, wow. And they had both sides of the street covered up and, you know, doing, doing the whole thing. I said, well, yeah, they're everywhere, Jimmy. They're That's every, nuts. they're everywhere throughout this country. And as we all know, it's redundant at this point to say it, but who is in our country right now? Yeah. We don't know. Well, we don't know who they are or where they are. Well, that's why I'm glad you brought that up, because it's like you think about Veterans Day as, you know, and, and the significance of Veterans Day and how these people did so much to protect us. Yet we have an administration that has quit playing defense at the southern border like that is absolutely being done to the detriment of the safety of everybody in this country. When you hear 600,000 known gotaways this year, we're over a million seven since he took office. We don't know where they are, okay? But I think it's safe to say they can't all be good people. Uh, of course not. Here's the bigger question. Why are they allowing that to happen? Yep. Why? There's some end game. I mean, this is not accidental at this point. And so I think Americans across the board, and you're talking to one right now, we're all kind of got our teeth grit right now looking at the situation going, okay. What if a percentage of all the of all the people that have come across the border in the past several years will just decide to, I don't know, uh, come alive in all of our cities and start wreaking havoc on our towns? Then what? Yep. So, now, that is not a crazy notion anymore. That sounded like sci-fi two or three years ago, and yep. now it is at our doorstep. No, now it just sounds like France. Now it just sounds like England. Yep. It's it's scary. But that's that right. is that's the bill for mass migration. And again, uh, our veterans absolutely were pro-immigration, but they were pro-legal immigration. Like, this is not immigration. This is we've turned the country into that college bar that doesn't check ID, and now everyone's getting in. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, this is invasion. You make a great point. Yeah, if you are if you don't have a an ID to show that you're old enough to buy a beer, they'll kick you out and keep your ID. But, man, you come right across the border, get a cell phone, a debit card, a plane <laughs> ride, a bus ride, wherever you want to go. They'll set you up. Don't care who you are. No COVID test. No nothing. Yep. Come on. It's, it's, I mean, it's uh, – again, that's why I put the song out mm-hmm. Why this man. time, of course, because of Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. But go listen to that song. It says – I think my favorite line in the song that pertains to me the most personally, um, it says, thanks to the greatest generation and the one still fighting for our nation, I've never had to kill for my way of life. Hmm. And I don't have PTSD. Do you have PTSD, Jimmy? Have you ever had to go out and kill people on behalf of your country? No, ma'am. No, neither have I. And the only reason we get to be who we are without PTSD and those terrible experiences because other people were willing to do it for us yep. and that's what we got to remember today and and i hope it doesn't get back to that but uh the country's in bad shape and i think everybody's up on their tiptoes waiting for the next boot to hit the ground yeah they really are um and it, the boot might have lifts in it if desantis gets his way 
<laughs> I need to send him some redneck Riviera yes. boots, man. I mean, we got to straighten him out. Yeah, Come you, on. All right, yeah, so weigh in, Rich, because I knew you'd know, and I waited to the end. I think he's wearing lifts. I, I don't know why, but I think he's wearing lifts. He does not walk naturally in those boots. Nobody that I know that wears boots looks like that. And I'll give you an example. Like George Jones, uh-huh. who I got to be good friends with, George Jones was about five foot six. Uh-huh. He was a pretty small frame guy. Uh-huh. He didn't do that. He nope. just wore regular old cowboy boots, and he's, by God, I'm George Jones. I mean, you don't, you don't need to say anything else. You're Ron DeSantis, man. Just be Ron. I don't know what's up with the shoes. <laughs> No. That's so that's so funny. Well, you know, you think you think back to the George Jones, who's going to fill their shoes? Uh, if it was written for DeSantis, I guess it would be who's going to lift their shoes. <laughs> I don't know. It was a little it was a little oompa loompa. Honestly, <laughs> when you walk across the stage like that. Do yeah. You think? Yes. That's what I mean. You know what he wobbles like to me? It's like he wobbles like a girl in her first pair of high heels. You know, he he, he doesn't have to walk. It's it's rough, man. It's like if we're gonna if if we're gonna give Biden a hard time for going the wrong way, I gotta I gotta at least give DeSantis a hard time. (laughs) Not good. Yeah, Um, we gotta straighten him out, no uh, doubt. Well, that's expert analysis on the boot game. Uh, I will see you in Nashville, man. Thank you. The song is called "The Man." It is phenomenal. It's a must listen. It's a must purchase. I appreciate it, brother. See you in the six one five. Thanks, brother. There he goes, the great John Rich. You listen to every lyric of that song, and it's just musical perspective. And he really underscored it. None of you have had to kill for your way of life in this country because other people did it for you. And thankfully, by the grace of God, we have not gotten back to a moment where we were all being called upon to do it again. But when you demonstrate the type of weakness we've shown on the world stage, sadly, it does inches perilously closer to that sort of thing. But without getting too academic, uh, the verdict now is that DeSantis is wearing lifts in his boots. John Rich is a country music superstar. He hangs out with George Jones. Okay, he wrote Redneck Women with Gretchen Wilson. I mean, this you know, it's a guy who knows his way around a pair of cowboy boots. If he says DeSantis is wearing cowboy boots, DeSantis is wearing cowboy boots. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Right back to the phones on a Friday. I got nothing in the tank. I haven't slept since 1991. I need the callers to carry this thing over the finish line. 888-788-9910. Kevin comes racing out of the bullpen. Kevin. Hey, good afternoon, Jimmy. Yeah, I'm racing. Hey, I, last night I was over in Norfolk sitting in a convenience store sipping on a soda, and I heard you as a guest on your own show. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Earlier, I, I, I heard your substitute, and I'm like, eh, I'm, I, I prefer Jimmy. So I tuned out, and then I tuned back in, and there you were. And I thought, wow, maybe I'm mixed up, and then you're on your own show. But you caught my attention because you were saying what you're saying about, uh, uh, you know, Nikki Haley and DeSantis, you know, today. And, I, you know, I've got a couple of good movie analogies if we have a chance to get to them. Let's but, go. We got time hey, right now. Let's go. Take it away. <laughs> 
So Haley, though, in a poll, you know, people like to say, well, any Republican, you listen to Claire Buck or your show, what, any Republican can beat Biden. Well, I'm not so sure. In a Texas poll a week ago, Trump plus eight over Biden, DeSantis plus one over Biden, Haley minus two to Biden. Ooh. All right, it's, it's early, sure. Mm-hmm. But I want to I wanna point out some of the, the nuances that are sometimes missed by Trump. First of all, Trump's been famous, a household name, since 1988, 35 years. Mm -hmm. I'll bet you that there's some people, DeSantis or Haley, could walk around in certain parts of the country. Nobody would know who they are. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're a newly super famous, probably super rich guy. You're getting a different treatment today than you did three years ago, right? Oh, yeah. Trump, you know, it's like... It's like John Travolta. Some people just know how to be famous and rich yeah. after so many years, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 then power and 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 riches. But secondly, um, let's let's uh, you know a lot of people say, well, it's it's uh, it's early. What do the polls matter? Trump was losing back then, right, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Dumb and Dumber with Jim Carrey, <laughs> okay. you know the movie, and he's with yep. the pretty girl that's way out of his league. And he's like, put it to me. He goes, let's put the, you know, give it to me straight. He says, what are my chances with you, one out of a hundred? And she looks at him and says, no, more like one out of a million. (laughs) And Jim Carrey goes, so you're saying there's a chance, right? And and, and that's kind of like Iowa, you know, DeSantis is losing by 27 points. And everybody's like, I mean, because by comparison, that's a lot closer than the other states. You're like, there's a chance, right? (laughs) Well, maybe. I mean, Iowa is a bit of a – I mean, I'm from there, and the Mm -hmm. Iowa caucuses are a little bit of a crapshoot. And I think there's a chance Trump could come out of there first, second, or third. But usually first doesn't always do so well in New Hampshire or South Carolina after that. A hundred percent. Graham, Senator Graham, was on television the other day. I forget whose show he was on. Mm-hmm. And, and he said he thinks it's going to be done by March. He thinks Trump's going to win South Carolina, etc. Now, um, other movie analogy, and it's, it's, it's about Trump's nuances as a person. I think – and the, the theme is he knows how far to push people. He's been doing it for 50 years as a rich and powerful guy for 50 years. He, he pushes people a little further than others. Uh, the movie Long Shot with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Have you seen it? Uh, Long Shot? No, but give it to me quick. I mean, you're hot. Let's go. <laughs> it, it's a hilarious movie. I just watched it the other day. Seth Rogen and well, Charlize Theron was his babysitter as a little kid, but she ends up Secretary of State for the United States. Oh, there you go. And and somehow he sees her like decades later, and he's at this party. And he's making eye contact. They actually kissed when they were teenagers, and now mm-hmm. they're all, they're you know she's Secretary of State, and he's kind of a nobody. Uh-huh. And and she's staring at him, and, and his friends there, and she's like, look, he's staring at. Him. She said, no, he's not staring at me. Lo and behold, Secret Service comes over to him, and and says she wants to see you. So he and his friend are walking up, and his friend's trying to give him you know mm-hmm. uh, man cave advice. He's like, dude, I think you need to start with an egg. <laughs> you ever heard that phrase, neg, <laughs> yeah, neg, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, see, that that's uh, the funny thing with Trump. I mean, he knows how to push people. Remember back in Iowa when Ben Carson took the lead in the Iowa, before the Iowa caucuses? Yep. Only Trump would have the audacity to neg the people of Iowa. He's like, how stupid are the people of Iowa? Oh. He actually said that. Yeah, he's having a lot fun. Of, a uh, lot of po- politicians, they always want to just be nice. Be nice to Hamas. Be nice. Mm-hmm. They're people... Trump's willing to take that risk. He negged Kim Jong-un. Yep. Anyways. Last I, question. I, uh, last question for you. Uh, you said you were watching me last night and drinking a soft drink. Are you sure that was a soft drink? Well, given, you know, 
Uh, I, I, <laughs> That's I, all the I, answer I, I needed. The hesitation <laughs> to answer. Uh, I'm just trying to be fun. I, I I'm know. Not a, I'm a pretty boring dude. I, I really was drinking a soda, but well, I couldn't believe my ears. I'm like, Jimmy, I thought we had you converted <laughs> back to our side. Well, and I'm like, no. No, no, I'll be back. Don't worry, Kevin. This was epic, by the way. You did your job. We handed you the ball five minutes ago, and you carried a, you carried the break. Like, we owe you host pay. It's never coming, but the point is we technically owe it to you. You have my word. Uh, thank you for this. Have the best weekend, all right, man? You too, Jimmy. Thank you. The great Kevin in Hampton Roads, Virginia, just made 71 analogies in three and a half minutes. I think that's a record on the show, but the point is he did his job. And you, you have your chance to co-host the show for the final hour of the week when we come back here on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Is it ever? And we are back in action for the final hour of the week. And it is all over. And we're going to close it in style with Ted Cruz, senator from the great state of Texas, a state I will be in December the 9th at Texas Music City, if you want to come hang out at the Smokehouse and Grill down there in Tyler, Texas. But in the meantime, we're doing a meet and greet right here. 888-788-9910. If you want in, you want to help carry this show over the finish line before I head out to Strong Island, walk into the butcher, and just max out my credit card. I am starving. I'm about to buy the maximum amount of meat they can sell me by law when this one wraps up. I am just meant. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Fine. Well, I was told I could be a pig as long as I don't have the carbs to go with it. So pull the goalie, Jenny. We're going in. 888-788-9910. If you want to stage an intervention, we know we have a lot of those people out there looking out for me. Put that cookie down now. I will put down the cookie, to be clear. Uh, Everything else, though, is in harm's way. Uh, What we talk about at the top of the hour, now that I've done finished ranting about food, (laughs) it's funny, Woo is uh, a a rarity, a rarity, if you will. Uh, If you listen to the show regularly, you know we don't very often get to attaboy anyone over at CNN. CNN is the worst. In a lot of ways, they are. Okay, but as a guy who tries to call a fair fight, uh, Van Jones, okay, someone who has said a lot of ridiculous things, like when Donald Trump won the presidency in 2016, he said that was a whitewash. That was embarrassing. Would you shut up? (laughs) We we had just elected a black president twice, back-to-back terms, and the guy didn't even know what he was doing. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the idea that Trump coming along and winning the presidency is some immediate indication that we're all racist. Shut up, fool! So let's not say Van Jones is throwing a perfect game. But he did give the Republican Party credit for forcefully defending Jewish students and saying that the Democrats are in a bit of disarray over the issue, which is the truth. Okay, Joe Biden has lost 17 points in the polls with Arab Americans because he's standing up for Israel. Okay, there's a lot of anti-Semitism in the Democratic Party. A lot of it's in Congress. Some of it got censured this week in the form of Rashida Tlaib. 
But the point is, the Democrats are very emblematic of academia as a whole. The elite Ivy League schools are all a bunch of anti-Semites. So on one end, you've got Biden out there doing the right thing, saying we stand by Israel, and that's great. But he still represents a party that's been throwing a lot of wild pitches. He's still beholden to the teachers' unions. Uh, And he is still, of course, the champion of everything coming out of big academia because their faculty is 99.999% liberal. So this Van Jones clip, you know, Rush Limbaugh used to call these random acts of journalism. Remember El Rushbo? If this is El Rushbo, it'd be open line Friday. You'd have a guy with talent behind the microphone. (laughs) Instead, you get Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There's a slob. There's a real slob. All right, but I'm easy to get along with. Uh, But here is Van Jones. And again, he's processing this through a political lens. And he basically said, you know, the Republicans are taking advantage of disarray in the Democratic Party. Okay. And that might be the angle he comes at this from. But the truth is, and this is a bigger picture take, it's that the Republicans are just doing what's right. Bingo. Okay. Supporting Israel is right. Okay. Israel has not colonized Gaza. They've left Gaza. Israel is not committing a genocide. Gaza's population has grown by 2 million people since 2005. Genocide is supposed to wipe out everybody. If you're up 2 million, you're not very good at genocide. You gotta do better than that. Except you don't, because genocide is horrific and horrendous. And in a lot of ways, what Hamas is calling for against the Jews. When you talk about the infatata, which is what they were chanting about yesterday when our buddy Brian Brenberg was out there in the streets covering the pro-Palestinian protest in Bryan Park. Okay, they're calling for the elimination of the Jewish race. Okay, so Van Jones, again, tipping his cap to the Republican Party, but still missing the larger point. The Republicans aren't taking advantage of democratic disarray. They're doing what's right. This is clip 29. I also thought you know, they, uh, Israel was, was mentioned. Uh, I thought the Republican Party uh, took advantage of some of the disarray in the Democratic Party and stuck up for Jewish kids who were you know, scared to leave their dorm rooms and, and all that kind of stuff and came very, very forcefully uh, saying that Jewish kids shouldn't be scared to, lose their, to leave their dorm rooms in this country. And I thought that was an important uh, 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 development uh, in the conversation overall. So just, you know, listen, the fact that he was able to acknowledge something good out of the Republican Party, which is very rare, uh, is worth acknowledging on our end because you don't see a lot of it. But as a guy who's trying to call a fair fight, I want to highlight it when I see it because I'm not here to just get you mad at liberals all day. Okay, CNN right now is trying to convince people they're tacking back towards the middle. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastard. Well, the point is the effort's being made, uh, at least in that clip, and I decided to salute it as a way of making a larger point, which is it is Veterans Day. Okay, the guys who got out there and threw on the uniform and fought for your freedoms. Okay, today's the 248th birthday of the United States Marine Corps, the team nobody wants to play. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. Okay, and this is a moment that belongs to people who fought for what was right. Okay, the Republicans, the people denouncing what's going on in college campuses are simply standing up for what's right. Okay, dopey people like Rashida Tlaib that are calling this genocide, 
claiming Biden's denying the death tolls. No, what people are doing is not taking Hamas's word for anything because Hamas is a terror group. Correct the mundo. The people who run Hamas are worth $11 billion and they're in Qatar. Okay, they don't even care. The people who run Hamas are willing to use human beings. Okay, they're willing to take human life and just throw it, you know, into a fire. They don't care. They have no regard for human life because they've got a really good business model. Living in luxury hotels over in Qatar or Qatar, whatever you're calling it these days, while everybody else goes out and gets themselves massacred in the name of some type of an infatata that's just a fancy way of saying get rid of all the Jews. Here is Brenberg talking to Palestinian protesters in New York City, clip 36. The amount of, like, tragedy that Palestine is facing, and that is, like, because of the Israeli government um, and because of our tax dollars, I think it's really scary, and I don't like it. Do you think it's possible for Hamas to free the hostages who are in Gaza right now? They've tried. So Hamas has tried to free the hostages. We do not want the hostages. You're calling the Hamas terrorists. Some would call them terrorists. You're calling them freedom fighters. Great. I'm surrounded by idiots. Okay, but understand. Okay, education is failing in this country. It's failing students. Okay, they're not freedom fighters. They're terrorists. Okay, they're killing in ways that are beyond the pale of what ISIS was doing. And it's not because they're being colonized. Okay, Gaza is theirs. There's been tens of billions of dollars in humanitarian aid floated into Gaza. And what did they do? Okay, Hamas walked away with it. Because that's what happens when you elect a terror group. Now, again, it's not to say everyone in town is a terrorist. and It's not to say we don't have sympathy for the folks being used as human shields. But the idea that people are here in America misrepresenting what's going on over there in Israel, okay, and creating a situation where the country is starting to see some divide over doing what's right. Dude, if somebody parachutes into a country, kills 260 innocent people at a rave, traps families in their homes, sets them on fire, and beheads 41 babies, throws a couple of them in the oven and bakes them alive, okay, I'm sorry you have to hear those words or process that imagery. But that's what the people who are supporting Hamas are saying we should look the other way on. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Seriously, because someone taught you the reductive language of identity politics. Well, they're oppressed. So, you know, when you don't like how it's going, you can behead a you know bunch of babies or something like. <clears throat> no, you can't. But this is where we're failing as a people. And when you try to create that moral equivalency, Obama tried to do it at the beginning of the week. And again, the last thing I need you to do is get mad at Obama. Talk radio, spend eight years getting people mad at Obama. Everybody in politics ran on repeal and replace Obamacare. Every single Republican. We're going to repeal Obamacare. We're going to replace Obamacare. Every one of them ran on it and fundraised off it for eight years. And then when Trump got into office, he's like, all right, let's do the repeal and replace thing. And the Republicans who ran on it and fundraised on it didn't have a plan. That's just how white folks will do you. Folks, that's politics in a nutshell. It's people telling you things you want to hear, fundraising off an agenda you entrust them to implement, but they never actually come through on it. It's one of the things people felt refreshing about Trump is he got the gig and tried to do a lot of it. 
Okay, it's one of the things that upset Washington so much. Most of the people in Washington are employees who have figured out the bare minimum they have to do to keep their job. So when a new guy shows up and actually starts working, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow your roll over there, Donnie. And that's exactly how Washington reacted to him in a lot of ways. It's not to say he wasn't pugnacious and contentious and didn't invite a lot of controversy with his own behavior. But Obama attempting to make it sound like we have something to do with the problem in the Middle East is a bit of a reach. This is, the, But these are the words of a guy who's used to not getting pushed back on by the media. Clip 38. You then have to admit nobody's hands are clean, that all of us are complicit to some degree. I look at this and I think back, what could I have done during my presidency to move this forward as hard as I tried. I've got the scars to prove it. But there's a part of me that's still saying, well, was there something else I could have done? That's the conversation we should be having. Not just looking backwards, but looking forward. And, and that can't happen if we are confining ourselves to our outrage. I would rather see you out there talking to people, including people who you disagree with. If, if you genuinely want to change this, then you've got to figure out how to speak to somebody on the other side and listen to them and understand what they are talking about. All right, fair. But also understand... You can't handle the truth! Okay, we're not all complicit in this. And when Obama says, you know, I think about, I wonder if there was something I could have done. Yes, there is something you could have done. Oh, I don't know. Maybe don't give $50 billion to Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Yeah, there is something you could have did. Not get Iran rich so they could sponsor proxy attacks against Israel and our other allies in the region. But here's Ted Cruz, our next guest, throwing the challenge flag on Obama, clip 39. What utter and complete bullshit. Was there something else you could have done? Here's an idea. Don't give $100 billion to the monsters who are committing these massacres. Barack Obama led the effort to flood cash into Iran. The Ayatollah in Iran leads mobs chanting death to America and death to Israel. They want to commit mass murder. They want to eliminate the state of Israel. They want to murder every Jew. Hamas, more than 90% of the funding of Hamas comes from Iran. Hezbollah, more than 90% of the funding from Hezbollah comes from Iran. Barack Obama funded them. And then you listen, he, he says, well, what Hamas did was, was, was indefensible, and there's no justification for it. But let me give a justification for it. I mean, think about that. It's the old, don't get me wrong, I got nothing against gay people, but, which is always... Oh, buckle up. That's true. That is true. <laughs> but again, this mindset, this mindset that like the Republicans are out there exploiting some division. Of the, no, the Republicans are out there doing what's right. OK, one side is a terror group calling to eliminate an entire race of people. And there's a good percentage of the Democratic Party that's accusing Israel of the genocide. You know, it's genocide to want to attack the people who are calling for the genocide of your race. <laughs> like, it's not genocide, it's projection. But this is the problem in the country right now. 
Okay, there's so many people out there, so many people when it comes to big issues like this that see them through the reductive lens of identity politics. It's like, well, the darker skin is in Hamas. That means they must be the good guys and those evil Israelis. They must be the bad guys. And it's really easy to go through life seeing things as simplistic as they do. But the problem is there's a real-life consequence to the stupidity that we're seeing from the left. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to be talking to Ted Cruz in the next break. His opening act, Daniel, from Gulf Shores, Alabama. Daniel. Hey, Jimmy. How are you doing this weekend? Ooh, I actually need some backup. I'm doing good now that you're here. Well, I'll try to back you up, but, you know, you, 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 you're the man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Every, <laughs> well, you know, they say in boxing every once in a while a fighter gets in the ring and realizes he doesn't have the right hook that night. Uh, yeah, as what? my as my corner man, okay, just just steer me through the last few rounds here. You served this country. You were in Iraq. Um, I did three combat tours. Wow, thank you for that. That's crazy. Um, thank you, Jimmy. I just what I wanted to touch on is mm-hmm. you always say we live in the greatest country. You say it every day. Mm-hmm. People do not know how good they have it. I just want to tell you a small story if we've got time. Yep, absolutely. Um, people, the general public, they don't realize what soldiers, airmen, marines, what we actually go through mm-hmm. when we're defending your right to protest or your right to burn the flag. Don't do it in front of me. Uh, when I was in Iraq, I lived in a tent with 19 other soldiers. We had sleeping bags. Mm-hmm. We had to walk about half a mile just to use the bathroom. Uh, that was usually a porta potty or a hole in the ground. Uh, taking a shower was a barrel up on uh, two by fours, the sun kind of heated the water. You pulled a little chain and the valve opened. You got wet, soaked up, pulled the chain again, rinsed off, and went about your way. My goodness. And I drove 18 wheelers since I joined the military. We'd run convoys. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're on the road, you mm. know, we're, we're on the road for two, three weeks at a time. Yeah. Eating MREs and drinking bottles of water if we've got enough. And we sleep in our sleeping bags, either in our trucks, on top of our trucks, under the trucks. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't sit in them and let the air running because then the enemy can hear the engines. They'll mm-hmm. know where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're driving at night, the headlights have to be off. Wow. It's just I just yeah. want people to understand that it's not just in the time of war. Yeah. When you need to appreciate the soldiers, we signed a dotted line without thinking mm-hmm. that we would give our life. For you. Yep. You don't have to do it. Nope. You don't have to own a gun. You don't have to fight. But we sign that dotted line voluntarily to give our life if necessary. And, and and believe me, we appreciate that more than you know. You don't hear it enough in the world every day. But seriously, Daniel, thank you to yourself and everybody like you. Uh, get a beer on me this weekend. We're going to a commercial break. But a big fat shout out to Daniel and all the veterans out there. True heroes.
Yeah, I'm in the studio. I just like the song. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's the Changeling opening jam on L.A. Woman. Fantastic album by the doors. Fantastic jam. It's Friday. I'm in a good mood. Ted Cruz is around the corner. We were just told he's running late. Oh, Ted Cruz. What are they doing over there? We'll get to him in a second. But Dennis, a shot to be the final caller of the week, depending on where we go with this Ted Cruz thing. Yo, Dennis. Well, thank you, Ted Cruz, for running late. Jimmy, I have a I have a, a modest proposal regarding the abortion issue and a quick anecdote to share if there's time. Let's go. But because Trump promoted American energy independence, Democrats um, crippled U.S. production and shut down the pipelines. And uh, because Trump was for a secure border with Mexico, Democrats opened the border the day they came into the White House. And because Trump was isolating Iran, Democrats embraced Iran when it was back on its economic heels. Think of all the babies that might be saved if Trump suddenly said he was pro-abortion. <laughs> you're saying that you're saying the Democrats have switched to pro-life. That's you're yeah. probably not wrong. You're probably not wrong, Dennis. I mean, it really is that petty. And then, now I've got to I've got to I've got to tell you share something. Uh, this anecdote kind of goes to the uh, stubbornness of the stupidity that we've come to. Um, a very special woman in my life worked late, and the roads home were icy, and she you know, had to return early the next day. So I told her to rent a room in a hotel across the street. Nice place. We stayed there before. Um, You know, it's got a great restaurant, function halls, um, two pools, safe area. They told her, we're a shelter now. And and the the clerk seemed peeved, she said. And they said, we we have been for three years. So I told her, call the next hotel room down the the street, less safe area, not as nice a hotel. Uh Uh-huh. Same thing. Wow. You, you know, and if they give veterans preferences for these quote-unquote free rooms, yeah, you know, that might be one thing, but my guess is they're not doing any no, veterans preferences. Not here in New York. Uh, you know, I, I know it's obviously very similar up there in Vermont, but uh, it's a scam, man. It, it is what they're, what they're doing right now. It really is. It's shameful. I try to keep the mood light on this show. But, uh, you know, they're encouraging what we have here, which is secondhand, second-class citizenship for the actual citizens, which is bananas. But it's it's a thing, uh, Dennis. But that being said, uh, I don't want to drag the show down too far because i got to perk up for this potential Ted Cruz hit, so I will bid you adieu. Uh, a fine call, as always, beyond worthy. There he goes, the great Dennis. I mean, listen, it's Veterans Day. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. Today is the 248th birthday of the United States Marine Corps. Okay, the team nobody wants to play. When you look out at the homeless problem in a city like New York, a great percentage of them are veterans, sadly. And we're now living in a moment where migrants who come into this country illegally are getting hotel rooms while veterans who fought for this country are homeless. So, again, if you snuck into the country, you're in the suites. But if you fought for the country, you're in the streets. That's not right. It's shameful. We have to do more for our veterans. Have to, have to, have to, have to, have to. Whether we're talking about mental health and the epidemic of suicide, okay, that they deal with every day in that community, whether you're talking about the PTSD that, the, you know, that they have to burden, Okay, everywhere they go for the rest of their lives, 
you know, the least we could do as a society is appreciate that sacrifice, and the vast majority of us do. But for the people out there who can't even take it that far, it really is shameful, if only because you lack perspective. Like, I, you've probably heard me say this before. When I was a cab driver in New York City, people used to get into my cab and cry because they made it into America. Like, they actually cried. Like, I can't believe I'm here in this land of opportunity, America. I've read about it my whole life. They would literally cry. And it was the most powerful thing in the world because I could totally take them the long way and make extra money. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Just being silly. But seriously, if you put on a uniform uh, to protect this country... Thank you. Uh, We will be saluting first responders this coming Thursday. It's at the Patriot Awards, and that's down in Nashville. And if you can go to the Patriot Awards, man, there's nothing I could recommend harder for someone who needs perspective than a night that salutes the people who put on uniforms, whether they're cops or firemen or first responders, because it's apolitical. You realize these are people who wanted to be the hero when they were playing toys growing up, and when they put down their toys— They picked up the real-life apparatus to try and go out there and be a hero. Whether it was a gun or an ambulance or a police badge or a fire hose, they wanted to save the day. You can't have a society without those people, okay? The veterans who went out there and fought for the very freedoms you have, it is a wild thing to be around. If you can't go, you should absolutely watch it on Fox Nation, okay? My goal in my time here at Fox is to make the Patriot Awards as big as the Oscars, which isn't very big right now, so I guess we should make it as big as the Oscars 20 years ago. Uh, Because if everybody in the country realized what really holds us together, Okay, if we had a little more perspective, we'd probably spend more time enjoying our freedoms than using them to tear each other apart. You know, one of the things that are really taken for granted, like wholesale, okay, is just the very freedom that you have. You know what else we take for granted all the time? Truckers. He knows what he's talking about. Do you know what percentage of your life is held together by truckers? Pretty much all of it. Okay, pretty, pretty much all of it is held together by truckers. Some of it's held together by the lot lizards who service the truckers. But the point is, those trucks staying on the road and delivering goods in night or day, rain or shine, come hell or high water, is the very backbone of our economy. So it's something else we should always be saluting uh, on a day like today. But the veterans, of course, get the game ball. A quick break. We got Ted Cruz around the corner as well on Fox Across America. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. I'll tell you, folks, we've had a lot of authors on this show. Uh, Very few of them happen to be senators who offered to take me hog hunting in a helicopter with a machine gun. But joining us now is Texas's greatest tourism ambassador, Senator Ted Cruz. Hey, man. Jimmy, great to be with you. I'll say. Uh, one quick question uh, before we get into the book and all the other fabulous stuff going on. How did uh, Ted Cruz handle the Rangers winning the World Series and not the Astros? Oh, look, I think it's fantastic. So in the ALCS, I was rooting hard for my Astros. I'm mm-hmm. a lifelong Astros fan. Uh, they, they made it close, but the Rangers beat us. They beat us fair and square. They played great baseball. And then once we made it to the World Series, I was enthusiastically rooting for the Rangers because my view is I support Texas against anyone else. And I'll tell you, I'm I'm very glad. Uh, I think next week I will be collecting on a wager. So I had a wager with with Mark Kelly and 
Kirsten Cinema from Arizona. <laughs> and, and, and I told him, I said, okay, if we lose, which is not going to happen, mm. uh, I'll provide Texas barbecue and Bluebell ice cream and Schatterbach beer to you and your staff. Mm-hmm. And the loser has to wear the jerseys of the winning team. Well, thankfully that didn't happen, so I will not be in a Diamondbacks jersey. (laughs) But I'm looking forward to seeing Mark and Kirsten uh, sporting Rangers colors and finding out what Arizona cuisine is, and hopefully it'll be good. (laughs) That's the spirit. You know why I will tell you without having any dog in the fight, the reason I rooted for the Rangers is I just consider them to be the better fans. You could get tickets in Arizona for like 50 bucks on game night. For a World Series game, is that not a crime? Uh, you know, it, it is, and it's uh, – look, I, the Diamondbacks are a good club, yeah, and they played well, but, 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 but I'll say, you know, the Rangers did it. My prediction at the start of the se- season was Rangers and six, and it turned out I underestimated it that it only took them five. We'll take it, it. Was, it was really an imp- impressive performance, mm-hmm. and, and their bats just knocked the cover off the ball, and, and frankly, yep. that, that ended up killing the Astros too. Is it, uh, yep. The Astros made a mistake in that we ticked off Garcia, and uh, – <laughs> That, and and when, when, when the Rangers were in Houston, the Houston fans were booing Garcia. And I remember thinking, this is not a good idea. This is a large, <laughs> dangerous Cuban man. And, and he just punished us for doing that. And maybe next time we should not get him so angry. <laughs> he's, a, he's a passionate dude. And uh, you know who else is passionate? We have a lot of listeners in East Texas who I don't believe have sobered up yet. Uh, but it's that time of year. I mean, uh, no, I don't think I don't think anybody could look at the world right now and think being sober is a good idea. Now, now that is a true point. It's, it's, it's nice to have something like baseball to celebrate when when the rest of the world is on fire and yeah. and seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. Yep. Uh, we're talking to Texas Senator Chad Cruz. The new book, it's called Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. What's so fascinating about this book, uh, more than any of the individual chapters we'll get into, is just the timing of it. You know, college has really exposed itself in the last couple of weeks with the support of Hamas, has it not? Absolutely, yes. And so this book, you know, I think millions of Americans, people across the world are looking at college campuses and seeing these rabidly anti-Semitic, anti-Israel protests, these young leftists screaming, seeing them threatening and harassing Jewish students on campus, which is disgraceful, and are wondering, how the hell did this happen? How did we get in this mess? And, And this book, which is brand new this week, it came out on Tuesday, uh, this book explains exactly what's happening and also how we fight back and turn it, turn it around. And, and uh-huh. the book examines how the radical left seized the major institutions in, in, in America. And it begins with universities, which I call the, the Wuhan lab <laughs> of the woke virus. That, 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 that's where they invented it. That's yeah. where it mutated. That's where it spread. And, yeah. and then from there... Every chapter focuses on a different institution. So it goes from universities to K through 12 and from K through 12 education to journalism and from journalism to government and from there to big business and then to big tech and then to entertainment, to movies and TV and sports and music and then to science. And the final chapter is on China and it explains how China is a central nexus connecting it all. It's really fascinating. With Ted Cruz, the book is Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. Lev, something you referenced about the, you know, the problems with anti-Semitism in the Democratic Party and certainly in elite academia. 
Are you starting to get the sense that Biden is kind of caving to that a little bit because of the blowback he's seen in the polls and all of the people expressing support for Hamas and his party? Well, unfortunately, the today's Democrat Party, there is a significant uh, extreme left contingent that is rabidly anti-Semitic and, and rabidly anti-Israel. We see it in the House with the squad. You know, mm-hmm. you probably saw the, the video um, uh, of Rashida Tlaib walking down the hallways and being asked by a reporter, what do you think about Hamas murdering civilians, raping women and little girls? Uh, burning alive infants, yeah. and, and she refused to answer. And, and, and it just, it, it is, and if you look at the Biden White House, the Biden White House has, from the beginning, systematically undermined the government of Israel. They flowed roughly $100 billion to Iran, mm-hmm. the leading state sponsor of terrorism. Iran is, is the major funder of Hamas. 90% of Hamas's funding comes from Iran, and in a very real sense, the money for the death squads that murdered over 1,400 Israelis, that murdered 31 Americans, the money for the rockets that are raining down on Israel were paid for by the Biden administration flowing billions of dollars into Iran and into Gaza. You know, it's fascinating because knowing all of that to be true, uh, I loved your reaction to Barack Obama this week trying to make it sound like somehow – Uh, We had all kind of played into this scenario. I got to be honest. I don't feel like I did. Do you? No, that that interview was utterly disgraceful. It was complete garbage. He said he said, well, we're all complicit in this. And and I responded to him. I said, no, you're complicit. Barack Obama likewise sent over one hundred billion dollars to Iran. He's funded. He's funded an Ayatollah who regularly leads mobs chanting death to america and death to israel and and actually in that same interview yeah. obama repeated the anti-semitic lie he said the palestinian occupation is unbearable mm-hmm. let's be clear jimmy yeah gaza is not occupied israel is not in gaza israel doesn't govern gaza gaza is 100 percent under the control of the palestinians now is gaza a miserable hellhole yes mm-hmm. why because Hamas runs Gaza, yeah. and they take every penny of international aid that was sent there for hospitals and schools, and they use it to make weapons and rockets and bombs because they are, are racist terrorists who all they want to do is kill Jews. Uh-huh. But, but by Obama repeating there's an occupation, he's deliberately lying and spreading Hamas's false propaganda. Yep. Uh, We're talking to Ted Cruz. The book is called Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. The only pushback I would offer there is when you say all Hamas wants to do. Now, to be fair, senior leadership also wants to stay at swanky resorts in Qatar. Absolutely (laughs) right. If you look at the top four leaders of Hamas, they're collectively worth $11 billion. They fly in private jets. But this is actually consistent with Marxists across the world. If you look at Marxist leaders, Fidel Castro was a multi-billionaire. Raul Castro was a multi-billionaire. Vladimir Putin might be the richest man on the world, the multi-billionaire. Marxists, they live in opulent luxury while they oppress everyone else. And and, and I'll tell you, Jimmy, this book, Unwoke, it explains why it is that what's happening is happening. It, It goes through... You know, Karl Marx in the Communist Manifesto, he laid out a worldview that we're in constant conflict between oppressors and victims. Mm -hmm. Now, he viewed it from a socioeconomic lens. So for him, the oppressors 
were the owners of capital and the victims were the proletariat, the workers. And his solution was a violent revolution of the proletariat, the workers, to overthrow the oppressors. Mm -hmm. I describe in the book Unwoke how in the 1960s and 70s the Marxists infiltrated our universities, became tenured professors and administrators. There it mutated to all sorts of forms. But today, you know, I was recently talking with a very successful tech entrepreneur from Silicon Valley who's, who's a Democrat, a man of the left. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, he said, why is there such horrible anti-Semitism on the left? And I explained to him that today's radical left, they have coded Jews as oppressors. Yep. And they have coded Palestinians as victims. And so the cultural Marxist supports the violent revolution and overthrow by the victims of the oppressors. And it's why you're seeing cultural Marxists celebrate the atrocities of Hamas, because that is what they actively support. It's ins it's insane. Listen, man, I don't want to lose you to the end of the hour. So I just want to tell the listeners we don't normally give out homework on a Friday, Ted Cruz, but we are assigning unwoke how to defeat cultural Marxism in America. Uh, fantastic read. Uh, I love everything about it. I still don't love the Astros, but, you know, you're the best. So, uh, <laughs> well, look, and let me say to everyone, it, mm -hmm. it's available at every bookstore. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. It's a bestseller on Amazon, which drives the New York Times crazy. <laughs> and, and I want to encourage you, buy a copy for yourself, but also Christmas is coming. Thank it's you. A great Christmas gift. Get one for your mom, for your best friend. Get it for your kids because uh -huh. they need to know the poison that's being get, shoveled at them. You're damn right. And you know what else it is? In addition to a great read, it's a great middle finger to people who deserve one. Happy Friday, Ted Cruz. We'll do it again, my man. There you go. Pick up a copy of Unwoke and thank a veteran for your freedom! Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.